Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. This is Brad Kearns. It's important that you show up in a way that you really want to be there. If I scrabble through my papers and I'm all like, oh, I'm see where I'm at right now, then I'm not really stepping up to my game. I'm actually um, playing small, although I can be a lot bigger. Confidence is a very important aspect that we want to bring forward when we are public. We don't have to be confident in every moment, and we can definitely show our vulnerability, our moments of not being confident. But by being willing to also step into that vulnerability, we open up the door to be confident within that as well. Here's a quick thank you to our sponsors. They make this show possible and the tremendous production behind it online and in audio. Thank you, wildideabuffalo.com. Grass-fed, locally raised, on the Great Plains for the last 130,000 years. Quit eating that junk food feedlot cattle and get some quality meat into your life. And thank you, DNAFit.com. Cutting-edge genetic testing, delivering customized diet and exercise recommendations for your peak performance. Use the discount code GOY30. Get over yourself. Integro Probiotics make this fabulous liquid probiotic high potency. It's called Flourish, so your microbiome can flourish. Gut health is everything. Get started. Visit entegrohealth.com and Tribali Foods. Pre-made, creatively flavored hamburger and chicken patties. When you're in a rush, drop one down, fry it up. It's delicious. T-R-I-B-A-L-I. And Almost Heaven. That's the name of my sauna. These are beautiful home-use saunas made of real wood, shipped to your door, easy to assemble, and then you are rocking. That's right, I'm going from chest freezer cold therapy into the hot barrel sauna. Check them out at almostheaven.com and the Primal Blueprint online multimedia educational courses to go primal, go keto, get a stand-up desk going, master the challenge of endurance training, Go to bradkearns.com and click on the links to learn more about these courses. If you're sick of my voice on the podcast, you can now get sick of my face, too, on the videos. And Real Salt, America's only unrefined ancient sea salt. It tastes great, packed with natural minerals. Stop consuming junk food iodized salt and get real. And Ancestral Supplements. This is grass-fed liver, organ meats, and bone marrow delivered in a convenient gelatin capsule. Don't stress about cooking liver anymore. Just pop some pills or throw capsules into a smoothie every day like me. And Tribali Foods, organic beef and chicken patties and sliders with super creative flavors like Mediterranean, Chipotle, and umami. Drop it onto the pan and cook it up in minutes. And now on to our show. Hi, listeners. I'm pleased to introduce this show with Gita Sivanda. She is a dynamic expression coach, public speaking, uh, presentation, getting your act together, getting your A-game going. We were getting into this long and flowing discussion, realizing that this stuff would even work in the dating scene. So she's considering putting some programming together to help you get your A-game on in an authentic and natural manner rather than in the realm of inauthentic and manipulative. 
we got started.、Uh, we were paired off in the leadership retreat to talk about a challenge we're facing in life, or whatever the exercise was. And it was her turn to speak first, and she verbalized like exactly、uh, the same thing that was going on in my life. So we laughed about that. I've had a recent transition in life. I'm pursuing a new direction. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And so、uh, I got to learn more about what she does and. That led to the podcast. It led to me、uh, hiring her for、uh, getting her services going, so I could get my performance evaluated as a speaker and as a podcast host. And what's cool about this is, man, I haven't reached out for help much in my life、uh, in the first fifty-three years of my life,、uh, especially as a, a young,、uh, cocky athlete. I believe that I knew it all. I asked a lot of people for commentary, but I kind of drove my own、uh, boat. I ran my own show. I was in an individual sport.、Um, I would wrestle with Mark Sisson. He was my coach of name when I was a triathlete. But I would always be uh, uh, debating him, and you know, a little bit resistant to his insights. And he worked very well with me to kind of calm me down and get me focused on the right path. But I'm, you know, I've always kind of been a solo flyer, difficult to reach out for help. So that's one of my my goals with、um, here at the、uh, at the half century mark. I decided that you know I'd get better about reaching out, consulting with experts, going to therapy. Even which I always thought was a waste of time, and we're going to have some great shows along those lines where、um, we're just talking about the importance of、uh, looking at yourself, examining yourself, being open to help and support. So、uh, Gita has given me some great insights about、uh, conducting myself well on the podcast as both an interviewer and delivering、uh, a monologue, as、uh, some of the shows are. So I think you're going to love this story and her pace approach. Which stands for presence, authenticity, confidence, and expression—something of value for anyone. Even if you're never doing a public presentation, you're going to communicate all day long, and you might as well do it with great effectiveness. And learning how to get over yourself and get into cool topics like, oh, you know what was great? She came up with the difference between. Body language, which is that term we use all the time, and she prefers to call it body communication because when you say body language, you're asking for a definition. If you put your hands on your hips, what does that mean? Are you being defiant? Maybe sometimes, but it could also just be a communication that could mean different things if you're aware and open. And one thing that's really interesting is her backstory and how she、uh, kind of shaped her destiny here to be an expert on on. Uh, body communication and、uh, communication in general, because she had a hearing impairment that went undiagnosed for many years. In her formative years in school, people didn't know what was going on. They're trying to shift her into a different classroom, and she has had to kind of overcome these setbacks and be the best that she can be and develop、uh, an impressive array of skills as an adult. And the cool thing about this show is when I pushed the stop button on the recording, it kind of teed us up for a whole second show, which you'll get soon. But let's enjoy the introduction of Gita Savander onto the Get Over Yourself podcast. Thank you. Okay, Yahetter Brad Kearns. I'm talking to Gita Savander, starting out in Swedish. How was that? Was my pronunciation of 
your name and my greeting in Swedish. Was it okay? Yes, it was really good. Okay, coming from the uh, dynamic expression coach, I will take that compliment. And I wanted to sit down with you and talk about your career is very interesting. We met at the Dave Rossi Leadership Retreat, and we were paired off to be uh, uh, doing the small exercise together. And what were we talking about? Oh, you were talking about your career transition and your life transition. And then it was my turn to talk. And I said, yeah, I have a career transition and a life transition. We're laughing. And then I got to know about your, uh, your business operations. It's really interesting. Um, even your background, which I want to talk about that and how you got into this uh, developing these uh, these other skills by necessity. So why don't you tell me what is a dynamic expression coach? Is that your is that your deal? What do you what do you call yourself? Well, I used to call myself a dynamic expression coach. That's right. And now I have um, shaped it a little bit differently. Now I'm calling myself a pace coach. Pace, P-A-C-E. And that does include dynamic expression. But pace coaching stands for presence authenticity, confidence, as well as connection and charisma. And the E stands for expression. Now those four terms is what I combine in my work, both in one-on-one sessions as well as with groups. And it's about showing up fully, showing up in a way that we can be ourselves, but also in a way that others really like to listen to us or hear from us. So this is for anyone who's speaking to clients, groups of people. It's for people that are going, professionals that are speaking in front of larger stages. I help people with their TED Talks. I help uh, professionals with um, speaking in front of conferences or just uh, groups, but also in in one-on-one conversations. Pace coaching is also for my clients who want to be more confident within their work life and who want to show up in their life in a in a really authentic, fully expressed way where they feel good about themselves. Um, can we go through each one with a little uh, more detailed definition? So the presence. Yes. I, I think we have a general idea of what that means. And this person has a big presence when they walk into a room and they have a commanding presence. But I think it means quite a bit more than that. That that uh, dramatic example of the, the loud talker with the big gestures. Oh yeah, I don't even know if I would call that present. <laughs> that's just, I, that's I just call that yeah. a lot of attention or the ability to capture someone's attention. But uh, presence can be very subtle. Also, to me, presence means that we are able to be in touch with ourselves. To have a sense of where we are at. To be in tune with what we're really feeling, what we're experiencing in our body. And that may be that we're feeling nervous, but being present to mm. right now, I'm feeling nervous. Is that okay to tell your audience that? Or, or Yes, I do yeah. actually. Yeah. I do when I go and speak in front of groups and I feel like, oh, this is a new group and I have never spoken to these people and maybe they are not really into my kind of topic or are feeling unsure about it. I say that in the beginning to let that out and let and and really be myself and say hey i'm so excited to be here with you today but i'm really feeling nervous it's been a while that i've been speaking to the size of a group or Mm. maybe to i've never spoken to this kind of a professional group and i'm i'm not sure if you're gonna like what i'm gonna say Mm. and i 
personally, I think that that helps me a lot to become present also mm -hmm. and not to be stuck in a place where I think in my mind constantly, oh, they're going to like what I'm going to say or mm. do I even have anything to offer? Because that's a very human chatter yeah. that we have going on, that, that inner voice that keeps talking about us not being good enough or not being wanted, even though we were invited into a moment. So we are obviously wanted, but still that inner voice that keeps uh, letting us down. And when I acknowledge that part and when I just stand up to it, I'm actually able to step much more into who I'm really being behind that voice. So the voice is not the one, the inner voice that chatters and wants to tell me that I'm not good enough is not going to be um, number one. It's going to be acknowledged that it's there and then it steps back and goes into the back of the row. And then me, who I really am, I can come through and I can thrive much more in what I'm good at and what I have to share besides being um, suppressing myself from that, that inner voice that wants to tell me that, well, I'm not sure that they really want to hear what I have to share today. Does that oh, make sense? Sure. That mm -hmm. reminds me of what Rossi said at the leadership seminars when you experience that fear and anxiety, which what better example than stepping up to, to uh, do public speaking? It's the biggest fear around, right? But he said, acknowledge it and then go back to your, your values and your vision. So as you, a speaker, you get up there, hey, I'm not sure you guys are going to be interested in what I have to say, but I'm glad to be here and I'm going to do it. Um, I would imagine that would come off well, but I want to ask you like the difference between that and someone where we get these amateur speakers, where they're talking to the uh, the uh, 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 the neighborhood community, and it's it's the, the 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 monthly update, and the person gets up there and, and shumbles with their notes, and they say, "Oh, well, bear with me. I'm not much of a public speaker. I'm a little nervous," <laughs> and um um, and they're just not ready. They're completely nervous, but they're being sort of uh, present and I guess vulnerable in that way. But you're like. Whatever, just start talking. Don't give me the excuses first. You know what I'm, you know right. what I'm trying to distinguish that? I think that's that? different also. And I also, I'm not sure if I would say it quite that way. I say, I'm not sure that you're interested in hearing what I have to say. I would, I would rather acknowledge my side. I would say, uh, mm. I'm feeling nervous today and I'm also excited to be here. Yeah. I wouldn't, and, oh, I'm going to bring my A-game and throw down whether you like it or not. I mean, I would, I would refer to myself versus refer to them. I wouldn't really say, hey, you guys probably don't like what I have mm -hmm, to share right now because mm -hmm. that's already turning down the game. Mm -hmm. I would more um, acknowledge what's happening for me and not what I think that they may project onto me. That's very different. And so if I'm that, if somebody would be that neighborhood um, nervous guy that you just explained, um, described, they are they are turning themselves down. They are not mm. leveraging themselves up by becoming present. They may be acknowledging what they're feeling, but the, the biggest point here is to acknowledge what you feel and let it go uh, rather than acknowledge what you feel and step into it. <sighs> and what I heard you explain sounded more like they're acknowledging what they feel and they are Stepping step into right it. into yes, that crappy, exactly. uh, I'm a lousy speaker, and here goes my talk. So the, yeah. these are very two different approaches. It's really important if you do step into it, that you are stepping into it in order to step out of it, nice. in order to yeah. let it go. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to say that at all. Otherwise, just don't talk about it at all. Well, I also mm -hmm. imagine you're stepping up there with your uh, your body language, your excellent communication skills. You already come off as a poised speaker before you open your mouth, perhaps, that first impression. And then you say, hey, I'm feeling nervous. I haven't spoken to a group of this size. I'm so excited about the opportunity. 
then the then the person has you know complete understanding that they're about to get your aid game. Right. They see that I'm actually committed by my body language. It's important that you show up in a way that you really want to be there. If I scrabble through my papers and I'm all like, oh, let me see where I am right, right now, then I'm not really stepping up to my game. I'm actually um, playing small, although I could be a lot bigger. So it is important if you are willing to acknowledge your downsides that you are already showing in your body communication, in your body posture, in um, your, your poise, your the way that you feel your inner strength, that you're actually willing to do the very best that you can. And then you can acknowledge it. And that's, um, yeah, I think that's just a little bit of a different approach than, than playing small. So that's presence. And then the next uh, acronym in PACE is the authenticity. And we hear this word bantered about frequently, just like vulnerability, maybe, maybe even over, overused at times. So when you say authenticity, let's, let's get a little deeper. What does that mean? To me, it, it may be, mean something different to everybody because it's uh, authenticity is a word that's pretty undefined in, in some ways. But to me, authenticity means that we are willing to show up as who we are and not who we think we are supposed to be. <laughs> and so well, you just I'm, popped in the greatest example is these people that are too smooth and they have all the skills down pat and they make that eye contact and they, you know, the politicians, you're not supposed to point. And so the politicians and Clinton was the best at this, like he had his thumb and forefinger type of pointing, but it wasn't that intimidating pointing, but it was all seemed so practiced and measured. And you see all the politicians do these these skilled behaviors that obviously they've been trained mm -hmm. and they raise their voice at the right times and emphasize these things and repeat the Mr. Gorbachev, you have to tear down that wall and all that stuff. Uh, but that to me, it doesn't seem authentic. It seems like the, the cartoon political character who's saying the right things and hitting the right notes in the song. Uh, and if you can see through that, oh boy, that's a rough one to kind of, you're going to gag yourself on the person's speech, which by all accounts would be high scores in all the technical categories. Yeah, you are, you're pointing out a really good issue here, which is if you can see that the person has been trained and coached, oh, oh, that's tough. Oh. then it's really not that authentic. Oh, then we got to go talk to the coach. Like, uh, so anyway, oh my gosh, that's, that's good. I think that you could. That's our quote of the show. <laughs> if you can see the person's been coached, Yes. They haven't been coached that well, or you got a problem. Ooh. Well, they may have been coached well, but they may not have been taking on that coaching that well either. You, you don't always know where the where it begins. Is it the coach? Is it is it the person being coached? Is it a combination? Sometimes we are showing up really well as the coachee, the one being coached, and we are doing really well in our practice. And then when we step uh, into the moment we may forget all about it or we may just envision mm. our coach and then we forget really who we are being and then we are we are not present with ourselves you can actually train someone on these gestures it's there's nothing wrong with letting them know that if you point with one finger at somebody in the audience that that wouldn't be the best choice because it you may point out somebody and they may feel uncomfortable so it's actually not wrong to say those things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but at the same time what you would want from from the presenter is you you want them to be able to take on a different gesture in a natural way and not in a way that 
it looks like somebody told them to do it or everybody does the same thing. Everybody is putting their hands together, um, thumbs touching, <laughs> fingers touching <laughs> in a triangular <laughs> shape in front of their yes. um, belly. That's what you do. It's kind of like that's what you're being trained to do when you're a speaker. I mm. personally don't believe that that's necessary. It's an option. Mm. And for some people, that option works well. They they say that feels actually really good when I take my fingers together, mm -hmm. right on hand side, and my thumbs touching. That's a good home base for me. I like doing that. Somebody else may say, this feels really awkward. It's not me. And that's exactly where the authenticity comes in. If you feel like it's not you and you've tried it on a couple of times and you're not becoming mm -hmm. like warm to mm -hmm. it, then it's not your kind of gesture. Mm -hmm. You're gonna find a different thing to do where your home base is. If you say, actually putting my hands in my pockets feels the best for me and that's what I wanna do when I speak, And I go like, well, I understand that's very authentic for you. And you can actually do that every once in a while. Mm. There's nothing wrong with it to do it in a short amount of times. Basically anything, almost almost anything is allowed in like a short amount of times. I like covering my hand when I talk. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. So there are certain things that you really need to step into letting go of. And something may feel really comfortable for us because we're used to it, mm -hmm. such as crossing our arms. Mm -hmm. We want to cross our arms and it makes us feel really comfortable. We stay there for a long time. It's not the most positive way to show up in front of a client or in front of a group. If you're doing it on a podcast, it's probably not a problem at all. It makes you feel comfortable. But still, it's you want to offer... It's the recipient of a cross arms posture is you're giving off the idea that you're resistant to the communication or something. That's, that's, that's what we're getting at. That could be one interpretation, but it could also be showing that you're most comfortable with yourself. Hmm. It could also show that, well, I'm, if you're, the way that you just described it about the resistance, I see that when you cross your arms and you're raising your chest and you're pulling your shoulders down, then I see resistance. Ah. But if you're actually crossing your arms and you're curving your upper chest a little bit and your shoulders are moving forward, it shows more of an insecurity, uh -huh. which is a very different expression doing <sighs> both of them is crossing the arms. Now, if you look at body language of what public talks about body language, if they say crossing your arms gives off resistance and you just shared it with me, That's only true if you see other things in your body happening at the same time, mm -hmm. such as the raising through your chest, your sternum showing up, your shoulders pulling down, your arms crossing. Then it's more of a cocky one of like, right. I'm, I'm not so sure if what you're saying right. is what I believe that it, it's right. But as I said, if you do something different, such as crossing your arms and your shoulders are rolling forwards, your chest is rounding, you see me doing this right now, right, Brad? That's not really showing that I'm not I'm not certain about what you're sharing with me. It's much more showing a little bit about me being wanting to be with myself or kind of holding myself together, maybe some insecurity. But here's mm. another one. Sometimes we are crossing our arms because our shoulders are hurting. Mm -hmm. uh, we may have some shoulder pain. We may have worked out. Or I used to do a lot of handstands. I used to be in circus. And so I do handstands all day long. And my shoulders were so aching when my arms would hang down because I didn't, I wasn't able to relax my shoulders. Yeah. My trapezius muscle pulling up to my ears would hold my shoulders up. So if I would cross my arms, I would just be able to relax my shoulders. Sometimes I would cross my arms when I'm cold, when I'm standing outside and I, I'm not dressed warm enough. I'm going to San Francisco and I forgot my clothes because where I live at home, I, I my, my jacket, right. sorry, I didn't mean to say my clothes. Yeah. 
but I left my jacket at home and I, I live outside of San Francisco where it's almost warm all the time. I go into San Francisco and it's freezing. I mean, people come I'm, to San Francisco with no clothes. So, you know, they do the beta breakers. So it could have been, you know, could have been one of those instances. But That could have yeah. been, that's right. Yeah. But here, here I am freezing and I'm talking to a client or a prospect or speaking in front of a group and I'm feeling really cold and I may cross my arms just to keep warm. So these so, are clues rather than absolutes because uh, I, I've seen people talk their way out of these like their hands are on their hips and you say oh that's a defiant pose and they say i'm not being defiant how do you know you know and they are being defiant right when they said that so (laughs) there's it's it's, these are good insights but they might Mm -hmm. not be absolutes you need to look for when are those movements or those stresses happening did they shift to defiant Mm -hmm. pose right when you said something about how they're you know they're they're never going to make it in uh, in the mba or whatever right yes when is it happening does it happen constantly what else is happening in that gesture is it just the gesture is it the voice as well is it mm. uh, maybe an and harsh uh, hardening of your eyes when when you're um attending to them and telling them that they are defensive and maybe then their defensive is coming out it's not based on one single thing it's based on the whole picture and that's exactly what's coming out for us as speakers as well it's not really about what am i doing with my finger when i'm pointing is my my voice sharp am i pointing out with my voice are my eyes strong what is it that is happening in the rest of my body i may be able to point out a finger hey how are you doing today mm-hmm. but being really sweet and connecting in my <clears throat> voice and then it's not a big problem if i used one finger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah we're skipping we skip to that body language thing but back to that authenticity so when you're up there uh, maybe you have certain attributes that you're just going to have to accept that you're a soft-spoken person and that's authentic and we'll work with we'll work with that baseline to optimize it but is that what we're talking about is trying to be yourself in a way right. be your best self i guess exactly we want to bring in as much as we can about who we are being who we are being and not who we want somebody to be in order to be a great presenter or speaker you don't have to fit into the full category of what somebody <laughs> would put up with. This is what makes you a great speaker. And of course, there are certain things that will support you in becoming a better speaker. Otherwise, we don't need a speaking coach at all. But what makes us fun, engaging, and charismatic also is to um, shed more light onto who we really are and to step behind that. So if we are being somebody who actually is very shy, we can emphasize that shyness mm. and we can speak up with it and we can we can allow for us to be shy. If we hide behind that shyness and we go, well, I don't really want to show you that I'm shy, so I'm going to be really quiet about it. I'm not going to be authentic about that I'm shy. Then it's much more challenging to get more of your personality than you're really... Um, showing up with your shyness to the fullest and go, I know that I'm shy and I know that this is a challenging place for me to be right now, then other parts can come through more because you're yeah. giving that shyness a space. I've, I've experienced many times people have, have uh, gathered all the attention in the room by coming out and talking in a hushed voice and saying, I'm, I really have trouble telling this story, uh, but I'm here today and I've, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. And it gets everybody really intense and, and quiet and ready to listen uh, with kind of the opposite of the the, the heavy-handed uh, approach that 
we're conditioned to seeing these professional speakers that are so slick and have those other attributes of the extrovert. Right. Well, now you're bringing up another really interesting aspect, which is the extrovert and the introvert. Mm. And uh, there is a lot of people that are introverts that need to be speaking, especially like in Silicon Valley, techies Mm. that love hiding out behind the computer. And they're so brilliant at what they do, but that are very often introverts and now they have developed a new technology that they need to speak about that they need to bring out into the public or they uh, have many opportunities to share their ideas and 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 their new product and it's hard for them at first because they're so used to being introverts and when you are stepping on stage we're not asking you to become an extrovert Mm. but as we know we all have many sides to ourselves and we have the masculine and the feminine component, fem, sorry, the masculine and the feminine component to ourselves. Even though we are a man, we have feminine sides to us. Even though I'm a woman, I have masculine sides. Yin to and me. yang, whatever yes, you want to call it. Yes, exactly. And so that's true for introverts, extroverts as well. Um, somebody who's an introvert is not stuck being an introvert all the time. They have extrovert moments. <laughs> And somebody who's an extrovert has introvert moments. So You could put that on your dating profile. Uh, I'm an introvert, <laughs> but I have extrovert moments. Believe me. Click I, here for this YouTube video of me jumping off Pier 39 and swimming with the seals. You're really funny. And then back funny. to my desk job. You're really funny, yeah. I don't know what the real definition of introvert-extrovert is. There are some ways of defining it, like Maya Briggs says that you're in introvert if you recuperate by being by yourself mm. and you're an extrovert if you really like to party and be out with people and that's your your way of recuperation um that's one way of seeing it but i think it's just one way mm-hmm. i think that there are many different ways that we can find ourselves as introvert or extroverts and when you are going out and speaking in public and if you put on your full-on introvert hat you will have some challenges to be fully seen and fully heard. So all that you need to be willing to do is in those moments to step into the extrovert part of yourself that everybody has. Even the strongest introvert has moments of extrovertness. So they they need to find out where in my life have I been an extrovert? What situation lets me mm. come out more? Mm. And being able to load that up and to remember those moments in your life and to be able to step into that when you step into your interview and your podcast or on stage or um, into that moment when you want to share your ideas, your products, then you just need to be that extrovert in that moment and you can go right back into your introvert when mm. you step out. Mm-hmm. And that's so much easier than having to believe that you have to be an extrovert in order to be able to share your message properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're in an extrovert situation, period, because you're on stage and the microphone's on. Hello, you know, and there's there's no getting around that. I it get is that. an extrovert yeah. situation, and you can be an introvert living in an extrovert moment, that moment, and and be an an amazing communicator. Absolutely, but the authentic part is that you're just really acknowledging that you're an introvert, uh, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you're going to be quiet that moment. 
Okay, I like that. So that's the that's that's still under the category of authenticity. It that seems. is all right. under the ca- category of yeah. authenticity, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a very wide category. I mean, we, we can apply to many different examples, but that's one beautiful example of how we can be authentic and uh, willing to be an introvert and not dismiss that. I've had clients that go like, well, I cannot do this job of being out in podcasts and speaking because I'm an introvert. How am I going to do that? And the more you can acknowledge who you are and feel comfortable with being who you are and just taking on moments of other parts of yourself, the more fun you will have with it as well. That brings us to the letter C in the PACE coaching, confidence, and then you also added some other C's, connection and uh, in charisma, that same, charisma connection, but starting with confidence. Right, exactly. So let's start with confidence in um, pace. C. Confidence is a very important aspect that we want to bring forward when we are public. We don't have to be confident in every moment, and we can definitely show our vulnerability, our moments of not being confident. But by being willing to also step into that vulnerability, we open up the door to being confident within that as well. I think acknowledging our authenticity, so these, they all flow together, those words. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're not standalones. They, they belong together. It's, it's just a way of describing it. But of course, they make up a much bigger full picture being able to be authentic and being able to be present will allow for us to be more confident Mm -hmm. if we try to become somebody else or to be this speaker that we admire so much we want to be like tony robbins or uh, marianne williams shout down women you mean and stuff like that yeah getting in trouble lately for (sighs) not respecting the me too movement as it's as it's presented (laughs) to the rest of the world he thinks it's a uh, he's telling women at his big seminars to 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 buck up and and quit using uh, quit making excuses and it's like eh, not going over well right now in 2018 i I could see five percent of your point but uh yeah he he has a lot of good a lot of good contributions but whoo he's taking some heat right now and that's that's what the me too movement is all about like bring the heat i love it Anyway, yes, so trying to be someone you. that you're not, that's, I guess that's the epitome of um, lack of confidence. That's exactly where the confidence starts um, breaking apart, because we cannot be somebody else that we're not. We can have people we admire, we can see leaderships that we want to take, take on as well, leadership roles, but it all has to happen from within ourselves. We can use the external to feel some energy coming towards us by where we want to go, what we want to become, who we want to become. But it all needs to happen from within. Mm. And so confidence comes within and being able to step into who we are being and bringing forward more of who we really are will also allow for us to be more confident within that picture. Um, Being okay with failing or bombing your your talk is an example of i'm okay with that i don't really care i'm not attached to uh, the result of whether they're going to get a standing ovation from the audience or whether they're going to turn and start using their personal devices at at the three-quarter mark of my talk it is a it's a sign of (laughs) where you're taking your audience but it's also a sign of where you're being at right now in that presentation or in that 
um, speak that that talk that you're doing. If you want a standing ovation, you need to be okay with not having a standing mm -hmm. ovation. If you want your audience to really bring forward their fullest attention to you, you have to be okay with them not giving them giving you your fullest attention. You have to be attentive to them and you have to be attentive to yourself. I'm so excited to introduce you to Paluva. This is a new zero-drop minimalist shoe with the distinctive five-toe design from my main man, Mark Sisson. Paluvas give you the most authentic barefoot-style experience, but with sufficient cushioning so you can use them for all manner of daily movement, especially walking and many other fitness and athletic activities. Paluvas are also incredibly stylish, so you get a barefoot shoe that you're not embarrassed to wear around in daily life. It's been so cool to see the popularity of minimalist shoes grow over the recent years, but Paluvas are a step ahead of every other zero-drop wide-box shoe because of the critical feature of individual five-toe articulation, a separate slot for each of your toes. This allows for correct dynamic movement of the foot through the walking or running stride, which is impossible when your toes are encased into a single box, even a wide box. Well, you might know that minimalist shoes have faced controversy in recent years for causing injuries from inappropriate use. So here is the big picture mission. We want to get you walking in paluvas, living in your paluvas, going barefoot in your home or other safe areas as often as possible. Go ahead and use your specialized cushiony running shoes or your basketball shoes, work boots, high heels, things that you want to wear when you want to wear them, but wear your Paluvas as much as possible to reawaken the natural functionality of the human foot to stand, walk, run, and perform. Do you want to try a pair? I'm certain that when you put them on and walk around, you are going to quickly realize that these are the most comfortable, natural shoes that you've ever worn. They are designed to feel like you're, quote, walking barefoot on a putting green. Please visit paluva.com, that's P-E-L-U-V-A, and use the code BRADPODCAST and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. Hey, I want to tell you about Schwank Grills. This is a revolutionary portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank portable infrared grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings hamburgers, seafood, lobster, vegetables. I make salmon in three minutes. They even have a pizza stone accessory. I want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-N-K. Everything you cook, faster, juicier. The speed is so important, so convenient. Uh, there's a drip tray on the bottom, so you let the juices drip down. I love the bison burger, the venison burgers. That's my game. And then you can add a mixture of butter, spices, whatever you want, into the tray. Pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor. 
Are you getting hungry? I am. <laughs> Let's go to schwankgrills.com, S-C-H-W-A-N-K, grills.com, and up your home cooking game. This is a one-of-a-kind grill. I have a great discount code for you, of course. It's BRAD150 to save $150 off your purchase of a Schwank grill. When you are attentive to yourself and to them, then they will also start giving you more attention. Mm. If you are just attentive to the talk that you have prepared or to the, <laughs> the paper you have in your hand that you're referring to. Reading the slides and all the words on mm. them so people that can't read, all zero of mm. them in the room can, can get that assistance. Yeah. Yes, or the talk that you prepared and rehearsed so much that you're maybe more in your head mm. than you are with yourself and mm -hmm. the audience. That is what gets your audience to look at their phone or to chat. <laughs> to the neighbor if you are really present and you are present with yourself and your audience it will make your audience listen to you there's no way around it mm -hmm. that's how how energy works when you're bringing your energy out to the people and you're with them and and you are feeling the the room as a whole and you're not stuck in your own little bubble you're not stuck in your own little thoughts of what you think is most important to share then It, be, it becomes uh, an energy exchange. It becomes, mm -hmm. uh, there's no way around <laughs> your audience not wanting to listen to you if you're yeah. with them. And um, of course, uh, there, there are people in the audience that will not like you. Yeah. This yeah. is also really normal. There's never going to be an audience that is 100% on your side. I've never ever seen that happen. You can get a good percentage of the audience on your side, 70, 80%, but there will always be those 10% that totally do not agree with what you're saying and then there will be the other 10% that completely love you it, it's always like mm. that there's never um, a possibility of being loved and liked by everyone because we all have different opinions we all have different ways that we relate to each other and maybe the way that I'm expressing myself is not the way that somebody else likes to see me but then that, that's not the one I'm focusing on I'm focusing on the ones that are wanting to listen to me, the ones that are enjoying what I'm sharing. And I need to keep focusing on believing in myself as well and believing in that what I am talking about is not just important to me, but to somebody else as well. Literally focusing on them. Because I, I remember a couple times where I got totally thrown off because there was a person in the audience asleep. One of them I was speaking at a funeral and it was a tough tough, tough talk anyway, to get up and talk about my peer and um, speak from the heart. And, and, you know, it was an important event. And this dude was asleep in row four of the church. And I kept my eyes kept locking on him. And I was getting really flustered and like distracted from giving my talk. And I almost like wanted to say, hey, can you wake that guy up or take him out of the room? Because <laughs> it does draw your attention. Yes. If, if someone's sleeping on you, that's mm -hmm. brutal. I can get someone shaking their head back and forth if I'm talking about the ketogenic diet is the cure for everyone and all maladies, you know, that's fine. And then I'll, when you raise your hand, we'll go at it. But, oh, falling asleep, that's a tough one to overcome. It is, especially if it's a small <laughs> audience. I mean, if you have a, a very Thank you for audience. validating me, Gita. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I a small audience, <laughs> yeah. If you have I a small audience you, and one yeah. person sleeping in that's there, 20% right it's there. a huge it's distraction. And <laughs> I, I, I would actually ask that person to leave. Woof. Yes, and this Why also not? shows you that you're being authentic mm. as a speaker. Because mm. if you're feeling distracted by that person, rather than ignoring them and trying to not look at them and you keep feeling that they are actually on your radar all the time, you are being authentic by asking them to leave. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
And I think that uh, there's nothing wrong about doing that at all. It may be confronting and that person may not come back, but hey. They're asleep anyway. They're asleep yeah. and maybe they're, they they ha- have been partying the night before and are tired and may not have anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the place that they are in. Maybe mm-hmm. they are on some new medication that mm-hmm. makes them really sleepy. Uh, who knows what's going on? Maybe they have a sleep disturbances and it just happens that they're being tired. They may really like your topic and what you're talking about and they're just not able to be awake that moment. <laughs> but you don't have to take it all, especially right. in a small audience. I mean, if you have yeah. an audience of 100 people and two people are asleep, you may not even notice them yeah. unless they're both sitting in the front row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I totally believe in speaking for what's making things right for you as a speaker as well and in a respectful way you can ask somebody to leave the room very respectfully and you can say hey i really get it you're tired but maybe you can sleep outside of the room and if you feel like you want to come back in because you're feeling back energized i'd love to have you back in but it's the same with somebody in in your audience who keeps um uh, distracting you or keeps asking questions who keeps provoking you in a really mm. harsh way it's not productive to everybody mm. else in the room mm-hmm. if they do it more than twice ask them to leave mm-hmm. it, and you can ask them to talk about it later or in mm-hmm. the break and if they keep distracting you with non-productive questions or being really aggressive it's not helping anybody not mm-hmm. you either ask mm-hmm. them to leave mm-hmm. okay now we're down to expression yes Pace, e the letter e the expression um, comes with bringing forward what it is that you feel. Your presence, your confidence, your authenticity brought together into showing what is is happening for you. Rather than um, noticing it, feeling it, um, being conscious of it, you can also bring it forward. And of, of course you want to be careful on what you're expressing at certain times you don't want to be wildly expressing just anything that's coming up for you you want to gauge it you want to be in relationship to what's really happening in the moment but i i highly encourage to be joyful when you feel the joy Mm. to show sadness when you feel sad to be curious when you're really curious and to let that be visible to have more of you be seen that's what brings forward the curiosity in the audience as well of who you're being actually it's kind of like realizing more of your personality and then turn that knob up a little bit Mm -hmm. bring it out bring it forward let it let it be fully expressed in relationship to what's happening in the moment if we always have to be pragmatic and okay, we're going to be like the neutral person. We have to be neutral to not hurt anyone's feelings. Mm. You're not being real. You're not being authentic. And and also, it's kind of boring in the long run. Yeah, we're getting more and more acceptance of uh, crazy wild characters that are free speaking and in in all good ways. Like um, Tiffany Haddish, the comedian, she's she's just wild in her movie roles. She's off the charts, just saying nutty stuff and going for these laughs that maybe 20 years ago people would be offended but now we keep busting down these doors and getting 
uh, more and more, I guess, more and more authentic, where you might be thinking crazy thoughts in your mind, and a comedian has never spoken them, but now you can go line up a joke for anything you want, and um, I think it's refreshing, and uh, the people that are left behind with their rigid beliefs and values that, um, you know, that they can't, they can't take a joke, um, that's a tough one, because I, I think the, in the opening and being more free and expressive in all directions is pushing society forward. Yes, I think you're bringing a really good point here, which is that times are changing. Unfortunately, sometimes that means that times are going backwards. I'm just thinking of the politics. <laughs> I don't want to go too much into that, but that popped up in my mind. So here was my free expression. <laughs> mm, I you're think right. That, it's um, We've gone mm, over the deep end. Mm, so now we lost civility. Um, we had... I'm not going to make this a, a, a politically biased show, but I noticed during the presidential debates that presidential candidates were interrupting the other candidate. And so regardless of anything else, if you just look at that, that that's now allowed. And interrupting the moderator and going, you know, carrying on forward with this type of behavior, I don't care what side of the coin you're on, you know, we have gone past the deep end and there, there's, there still needs to be that baseline level of respect to where you got, you got something to say to me, at least you're going to finish your statement. And then I can come back at you and mm -hmm. we can Twitter each other and make, make criticisms. But yeah, you, you bring out an important point that like all this free, free, free flowing uh, is, is good to an extent, but we still need to regulate it. You just said the, the key word here, which is respect. So in all of what I'm also addressing in pace coaching, it's all about respect. If you only think about yourself and what you feel in the moment or what you want to do without considering others, you're not being respectful. But wait, I'm using all four pace things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm present, I'm authentic, I have tons of confidence and I'm expressing myself and all y'all in the audience suck because you're stupid and you don't agree with me. Whew. So you're bringing a good point here. I may need to rethink my pace coaching and put a big R Pacer. around it all. It's still a word. <laughs> Putting a big R around it as yeah. an umbrella for respect. Yeah. Because I think that that is the, the number one thing is to not only respect yourself, that is important as well, but respect others also. And we want to express ourselves from a place of respect. We can express ourselves without really thinking about the respect. But then we have to live with the con consequences. I personally believe that it's important that we respect ourselves and others. And that includes the tweets, that includes not just being respectful when we see each other within the same room, but even in social media. And I don't, I see that we have gone overboard there. I feel like there is a lack of respect. And then expression, self-expression, um, gets this negative connotation to it. And that's not really what I'm talking about in pace coaching. It's really more being able to bring more of ourselves to, to roll the knob up, to be seen more, to be more of who we are in a respectful way. And I hope that that will happen more and more in the world. There are a lot of people that are very respectful. And then, of course, we see those that are not respectful. And and yes, I agree with you, what you shared earlier, which is that times are changing and we're moving forward. Even though there are some backward steps, I do believe that there will be a forward step overall. Sometimes we have to take one step back in order to make two steps forward. And I see that happening 
in in the world movement overall but on stage we are able to speak more freely we are able to bring more forward and it is refreshing and it is the place that we are heading to into the future mm -hmm. that's at least my humble belief that's nice mm -hmm. Oh, so what about the body language element that we, we we've completed our pace uh, definitions mm -hmm. and now we have this area of your particular expertise is how body language comes in there. Body language, body communication. I actually like to name it by body communication. It's not a very known term, but the difference between body language and body communication is that when we talk about body language, we think that one particular gesture or posture means one answer. And that's not how I see it at all. I already addressed this earlier in our talk today here when I said when we cross our arms, it can mean many different things. It can mean that we are standoffish, that we don't agree. It can mean that we are insecure. It can mean that our shoulders hurt or that we're feeling cold. And this is true for um, almost all body communication that we do. So we always want to put it relative. We want to be able to see the gesture and the posture in relationship to who we are being with and what we are saying. The goal in speaking when we're being seen right now on the podcast, you don't see my body language. So it's she's having a great time, listeners. She's really animated. I'm dancing, right? I'm dancing all over. No, I'm just kidding. Um, when we are having a conversation on the podcast, our body communication happens through our voice. So the voice expression becomes really important. It helps me to use my gestures as I'm talking right now here. I'm using my gestures, my hands, I'm using my head movements, my shoulder movements in smaller ways, not quite as big, but I'm still using it because it makes me feel animated and alive. If I were to sit here completely still, my hands on the table and not move, I can feel right now that my voice is getting a little bit more stagnant or a little mm. bit more frozen. But when I'm using my physicality along with it, my voice also opens up. For the same reason, my, my aspiration with this show is to do in-person podcasts whenever possible at great effort. But I think the payoff, the value of having an in-person conversation, even though we know each other, we had a nice visit at the retreat. So it wasn't like if I've never met you, that would be extremely difficult. But it just it feels like, especially in daily life today, where we have that shortcut where we can go Skype someone across town rather than drive 20 minutes. Great if they're in Sverige and you want to talk to your family. Um, that's a wonderful technology tool. But we have to be mindful of that, that benefit of getting the body communication. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We're going to change the definition right now for the, for the world. Because when you say body language, the, the more common term, language means there's a definition. So mm -hmm. I think you're onto something. We're going to call the authorities... Uh, United Nations or whatever, because when you're folding your arms, what's that body language? We have to give a definition. That means you're defying and resistant. But when you say body communication, that folding of your arms can mean many things. Here's among those choices. Brilliant, Gita. Thank you. She, she, she redefined um, a, an important element of uh, communication in general. Carry on. Body communication. Yes, well been part of my journey to define that find, find a way into speaking about body communication also through my many trainings I've done in somatic studies somatic movement I'm um, what does that mean somatic movement some well there's the somatic studies which also could be somatic psychology and then there's somatic movement applications so the somatics applied to movement somatic movement 
Somatics basically means the combination of body-mind, the wholeness, so the, the, the spirit included of who we are bringing forward as a whole. And our life is somatic. It's not one-sided. It's not just the head. It's not just the talking of the head. It's our body that's included. So in somatic movement, for instance, we work with the body in order to bring forward emotions. We can work with somebody in psychology through words, when we work through the words and how the mind works in order to change the body. But we can also do it the other way around. We can start with the body, we can begin with the body and work with the body and through that change how we experience life. And in somatic movement therapy and somatic movement education, we begin with the body. We take the inward from the outer to the inner. In psychology, you mainly, most of the time, take the inward from the inner to change the outer. Mm. Both is possible. And my studies have been in somatic movement, um, mainly because, because I'm a mover myself. I mean, I have a very strong background in physical expression. And it isn't until now, in my 40s, that I am getting more and more interested in uh, more of the inner work, just the inner work, not how the outer influences the inner, but also how can my inner influence the outer. And I find the combination of both is most important. My background is in physical therapy. It's in performing arts and theater. I've been in circus school in Paris. What is the circus thing? Come on. What what is that all about? (laughs) You're uh, training for circus uh, performing? Yes. I have been a circus performer living in Paris, and I have um, applied my circus skills in, in group settings, like doing partner yoga, um, acrobatics. Uh, my my very first background is actually in vaulting. I think it's called vaulting in English. It's when you do gymnastics on a horse that runs in a circle. So the, uh, the horse is going to go uh, canter in a circle. Oh. And then you perform all kinds of tricks on that horse. Oh, my goodness. This was a really big sport where I lived. I, lived, I grew up on the countryside outside of Bremen, which is in northern Germany, close mm-hmm. to Hamburg. And uh, I was born in Germany, but I'm also Swedish. My mom's Swedish, my dad's German. I was raised there on the countryside outside of Bremen, and all we had was horses. So for me, uh, my life was all evolved around horses, and the sports that went along with it was vaulting. Um, uh, vol- I think it's called vaulting in English. Sorry, I'm having a little bit of a blackout yeah, here. I've, I've seen it. Um, it's called you... voltigieren in German. Uh-huh. Voltige in Swedish. You're doing a handstand on the saddle and all this crazy stuff. We have huh? no saddle. Uh, on you the have horse's a, body. <laughs> yes. You have a blanket on the horse, and then you have um, a girth that you can hold on to, two handholds. And you do certain movements that you have to do, like um, free sitting and, and something called uh, a flag where you're on, on one knee and one hand and reaching one arm and one leg back. And then you're going to do uh, something we used to call Mühle, when you move one leg around and you sit backwards and you come all the way around. And you're going to stand on the horse and you're going to do certain movements, six basic movements mm. is what we did at the time. And then it evolves up to um, up to three people doing acrobatics on the horse. Can and we YouTube this stuff and find some crazy You can, crazy totally. Yes. Wow. Yes, it's become really big. And at the time when I did it, it was more or less over when you were 16. You were not allowed to do the group 
gymnastics on the horse anymore. You could do your solo work, but mm. I really enjoy being with groups. So I, I stopped it at that age. I started when I was six years old. And I envisioned myself being uh, in Olympic in this. And everybody was laughing because there was no Olympic discipline at the time in, in vaulting. Now I think there is, actually. Oh. I, uh, however, I loved it. I loved the the risk taking in it, the it's feeling dangerous, of flying. dangerous, huh? What's that? It's got to be dangerous. It, it is it is dangerous because you can't fall off the horse. And I've uh, fallen many times and I've lost my breath. And you fall on your ribs mm -hmm. and, and you just get the shock and you can't breathe for a few seconds. It yeah, feels we, like we call forever. it getting the wind knocked out of you. And it's such an expression mm -hmm. in sports. But if you've never experienced it, it's it's the real deal. I mean, you can't breathe for a few precious seconds and it's a big panic. It feels and it happens like pretty forever. easily when you fall off a bike or in a basketball game. It's yeah, it's scary. When you get like a basketball yeah. on your in your ribs, or if you fall down with a, uh, in a in a collision with another oh, player. Oh, I see. Just anytime you do a nice mm -hmm. hard fall on the ground, especially cycling, where we're, we're, we're you're destined to fall. You're not gonna you're not gonna not fall. Um, the old cyclist John Howard said, "There's two kinds of cyclists: those who have crashed and those who are going to." And whoa, it, it's yeah, it's wild. But I mean, falling off a horse that's that can get tricky when the, the the animal's in the way. I mean, you could get trampled. It sounds super dangerous. Oh, yes, it was. And I'm not quite sure how it's being handled these days. I remember that in Sweden, they were starting to train with helmets on. Mm. Uh, we never had a helmet when we would do this, ever. I mean... Nor a seatbelt on your drive over to the horse ring. So it was free for all up in Bremen. Oh, my gosh. Well, when I was in Göttingen later on, and I studied to become a physical therapist... I found a group of acrobats who was doing exactly this without the horse. And I thought this was even better because now we didn't need to use a horse. And it was hard on the horse to have to mm. jump, um, uh, run in a circle for a long time. And I don't think it's very healthy for their joints either. So I was really thrilled that I found people doing this. And I got really deeply um, endorsed in, in doing partner balance acrobatics. Every weekend I was off to a convention and we're doing handstands on top of each other and hands and hands and doing duos, duos mainly, trios sometimes, but even larger group things. And it, it was a, a fantastic world. I loved it. So and, when you're at Cirque du Soleil, you see these people, this is the discipline you're talking about where they're doing these incredible yes. tandem things. Yes. Do you know those uh, famous... Are they German brothers that have been going for years and years and they're in Cirque du Soleil, these two guys, and they're just lifting each other and their, yes. their poses are absolutely phenomenal. Like the, the highest level of human athleticism I've seen anywhere just watching this show. You're talking about these uh, iron looking um, people that put like all gold or all silver on, yeah, under yeah, their bodies and yeah. move really, really slowly and you can see every muscle popping out. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I wasn't quite at that level. Uh, yeah, but definitely some of those tricks were involved and a lot of handstand work. And um, some of it is also a little bit faster paced when you jump off or you turn, make, do turns in the ears mm. and land on someone's feet again. And it, it's a lot of fun. And it's what brought me to go off and join the circus. Uh, so what circus did you join? What was that like? It was it was not a big circus. It was a, a small. It was a group of people of us being together. The circus school I went to was called Fratellini, which means brothers in French, and it was um, just at the border, uh, the 19th arrondissement in Paris. I don't think that 
circus school exists anymore. But then we had another circus school as well. Um, Arène des Noctambules was the name of that. It was outside in the banlieue of Paris. And we would meet in the evenings and practice trapeze. And we would couple up and find a partner, tandem and do things together. And I unfortunately got injured and wasn't able to do quite as heavy circus anymore. I'm pleased to present B-Rad Grass-Fed Whey Protein Isolate Superfuel, the absolute highest quality all-natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need to optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold processed and micro filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners, especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine are widely agreed to be the most critical and effective supplements to take for the rest of your life. You can easily stir the superfuel in water or make a delicious smoothie every day. I'm certain that you're going to love the pleasant, light, natural vanilla bean and cocoa bean flavors. So try some on Amazon today. It's a huge hit with dozens of five-star reviews. Or you can order direct from bradnutrition.com with our buy three, get one free, and make the super fuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. I'm so excited to introduce you to Paluva. This is a new zero-drop minimalist shoe with the distinctive five-toe design from my main man, Mark Sisson. Paluvas give you the most authentic barefoot-style experience, but with sufficient cushioning so you can use them for all manner of daily movement, especially walking and many other fitness and athletic activities. Paluvas are also incredibly stylish, so you get a barefoot shoe that you're not embarrassed to wear around in daily life. It's been so cool to see the popularity of minimalist shoes grow over the recent years, but Paluvas are a step ahead of every other zero-drop wide-box shoe because of the critical feature of individual five-toe articulation, a separate slot for each of your toes. This allows for correct dynamic movement of the foot through the walking or running stride, which is impossible when your toes are encased into a single box, even a wide box. Well, you might know that minimalist shoes have faced controversy in recent years for causing injuries from inappropriate use. So here is the big picture mission. We want to get you walking in paluvas, living in your paluvas, going barefoot in your home or other safe areas as often as possible. Go ahead and use your specialized cushiony running shoes or your basketball shoes, work boots, high heels, things that you want to wear when you want to wear them, but wear your Paluvas as much as possible to reawaken the natural functionality of the human foot to stand, walk, run, and perform. Do you want to try a pair? 
I'm certain that when you put them on and walk around, you are going to quickly realize that these are the most comfortable, natural shoes that you've ever worn. They are designed to feel like you're, quote, walking barefoot on a putting green. Please visit paluva.com, that's P-E-L-U-V-A, and use the code Brad podcast and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. But I had always dreamt of doing dance. So then I started dancing instead. I became a contact improv, contact improv dancer. And that brought me to the United States. I was teaching for quite some years at mm. that time. And contact improv is a beautiful way of combining athletics, acrobatics with a deep sensual connection with someone else in a non-sexual way, but being able to communicate with the body, non-words, just the body speaking. And I still love it. I don't go very often these days, but there are plenty of jams around the Bay Area. And every once in a while, I I really um, get the draw and I go back and I dance. And it's it's a beautiful way of being <coughs> physically expressed without any commitments other than the dance itself. That's a very interesting background to bring into this speaking consulting game because the body communication is so important. And I also, I believe, uh, was a video on your website where I learned about your childhood where you sort of had to uh, overdevelop these other ways of perceiving and communicating because you had uh, hearing impairment. Do you want to tell me how that how that happened as a kid and how you start to realize that maybe these were gifts that you had and you developed them? Yeah, of course, I didn't know right away that I had any special gifts. I just saw my deficiency, which was that I couldn't hear very well. I was born with a hearing difficulty and I didn't have a hearing aid until I was almost seven years old. But so I have undiagnosed. It wasn't diagnosed right away. Um, My mother started realizing that something was off quite early, but she wasn't sure what it was because sometimes I heard really well and other times I didn't hear. So at times she thought I was just being a really stubborn kid, which was probably true as well. But that wasn't the reason why I wouldn't want to listen to her. Uh, I was tested for petit mal, like this, um, how do you call that in English when you, are you familiar with the term petit mal? You know, when you have a, a seizure, small seizures, mini seizures, oh, sure. when you're just kind of oh, well, they, have, they call them grand mal seizures, so petite mal would be the small the opposite. one yeah. when you have just a, a moment of absence. And so I was tested for that. I spent a week in the hospital and uh, being actually quite healthy, but still having to go through all kinds of testings. And uh, there was nothing going on on that end. But yes, I did find that I had... A, hearing loss and it wasn't clear where it was coming from so I spent another week in the hospital being tested for that and then they took my polyps in the nose Mm -hmm. they took the polyps out because they thought that those may have an impact on my hearing had to go through surgery at a very young age and all of that was quite traumatizing given that I was actually healthy other than that I had a hearing loss so that was a mistake Mm -hmm. that polyp thing was just shooting the dark it was it was yeah so when my mom went to see Um, a a doctor from a hearing loss, he was yelling and screaming at her. He was like what we call like non-respectfully expressed. And he told her, why are you coming this late? Your daughter is almost deaf. And she was like, I know my daughter better than you. She's not deaf. She does have a hearing issue, as we know right now, but she's not deaf. And so it took her a couple of years before she really went back to that doctor and took the whole route of finding out what it really was. And 
My hearing loss is an unusual loss that's either um, on the cortex, on the brain itself, or the connection, the nerve that goes from the ear to the brain. It's not the ear itself. It's not something that can be fixed. And it's more on one ear than the other. I have a 50% loss on one ear. And the other ear, it's about a 30% loss. Uh, so overall, I do have a paper in Germany that I have a disability, mm. a hearing disability. And I received hearing aids when I started school at almost seven. And um, of course, that has helped me a lot. And I've made it through school without needing to go to a special needs school. Although I've had quite some teachers asking me if I wanted to switch schools because I was I was a challenging student, right? I needed to sit in the front row. And then later in high school, I had um, uh, what we call Mikroportanlage in German, like a, a a, a microphone system where the teacher got a little wireless microphone to use mm. and I, I had the plug-in on my end mm -hmm. so I could hear the teacher speaking to me directly and that was extra effort for them and so I had quite some teachers suggesting I should go to a school for hearing loss and thank God I had a very strong mom who was fighting for me and going like no my my daughter she can make it work without that and sorry to inconvenience you Mr. Teacher yeah Step up, man. This is right. I mean, uh, okay, name in here. His name was Mr. Schindler. And oh. Mr. Schindler, my German Schind teacher. You're on Schindler's list. Schind um, I don't think he was uh, the uh, the good man Schindler. He was he was a it was a good teacher, but I think he was quite inconvenienced by me not hearing that well. And uh, well, I stuck to my guns and I made it very well through high school and I've made it well through life. But of course, uh, when you have a hearing loss, the way that I have it, it has, it means that you don't really hear conversations from early on. I didn't really hear what my parents were saying, what my peers were saying, my teachers. Um, and I, I was treated sometimes in a way that I uh, it wasn't always very nice. Uh, even in a very young age, I was told that I was just being stubborn. It was hard to hear that. And, but however, I have also gained a lot of positives from it. Um, one of the positives is that I can sleep quite well at night because I just take my hearing aid out and I sleep on my good ear and the world is quiet. I can, I can basically sleep anywhere and I can even sleep at a party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but... Um, the real gifts that were given to me by this hearing loss is the ability to be, how do you say it, sensitive on other levels mm. or really um, perceptive. Mm -hmm. That's the word I was looking mm -hmm. for. I think I have developed uh, an incredible sense of perception, both on an intuitive level, but also in a observational skill level. I see things that others need to train themselves first to see. I observe, I see little nuances in mm. movements. I see little changes in in eye expressions and facial expressions in physical expressions and the energy expression. And that is what I use in coaching as well. When I coach my clients, I, I can feel little nuances of change within them. Maybe when the fear is coming up, um, I, I coach them through that for presentation coaching for 
it's not just in presentation and pace is also it has its main application in presentation but it's also as i said confidence in life living from mm. a really powerful place and my coaching has taken me into the direction of professional coaching life coaching mm. in implied into that might as well if you're going to teach them how to speak in front of an audience it, everything translates so well to i mean the, the pace is about how to live your life as well very much so and our audience is everywhere every day mm. our audience is not just when we step on stage our audience is you right now and you listeners you're my audience um our audience is when i speak to somebody in the store and how do i feel when i encounter a new person i know a lot of people that feel uncomfortable when they meet a new person especially mm. introverts actually i've mm -hmm. i have been in conversations with that they feel very uncomfortable reaching out which is hard for their business because when they work for themselves they need to be able to make new connections and if you want to every time have to overcome this fear of connecting with a new person now there, there are ways to work with it there are ways to get a lot more comfortable with it maybe you can't always eliminate it but you can be much more positive about it and feel more um, open to connecting. And so that's part of what I also do in pace coaching. Are there patterns that you see coming up again and again with clients or even out in real life when you're socializing at a party, especially in this era of uh, digital technology? Are people looking down at the ground more or, or, or worse at making eye contact? Are, are you picking up things that maybe um, the rest of us aren't as aware of, but are recurring patterns in, in life that are I don't know, distressing or ways that you see you have opportunities to help people? Yeah, um, interesting that you're asking that question. I do see a huge difference between the ability to communicate on email and on text message and even on the phone. And the the vision that I get of this person by the way that we communicated on email, on text and phone is a very different one than when I then eventually meet that person. Mm -hmm. It's like day and night. Oh, And this is not only true for the real world of meeting um, a, a prospect client. Uh, it's also true for dating. Oh, um, yes. We hear about that all the time. Yeah. It, so it's true everywhere in, in all fields. That you used up all your funny jokes on the on the text exchange and then you meet at Starbucks and it's like, uh, so anyway. Uh, very easy, whoo. open, uh, joking, fun. Uh, and, you, and you have these deep conversations and you're mm. really going like, oh, my God, it's really rolling here. Right. And then you meet and the body communication is shut down there's a huge wall between you and them there's no smile there's no facial expression yes the eyes are uh, what might happen a lot is that they look away or not really able mm. to meet you even if you have an eye contact it's not a real contact there's a difference between looking uh. at somebody with an emptiness and yeah. looking at somebody with um, you know, the real sense of you being behind it like, wow that's scary mm -hmm. and you can perceive that yes it's part of presence yeah, I, I, and you can feel it, and anybody can feel it, not just me. Oh, okay. uh, uh, I may be able to feel it stronger. I may be able to perceive that in an instant, immediately, while somebody else may take a little longer, or they may feel like something is off, and they don't know what is uh, off. While well, I can help you with finding uh, where it's off, in which areas, and I can help you to um, get back into a place of being more comfortable with yourself so that you can be more comfortable with meeting others. Oh, others so, will feel so it. You, you, I'm the one that's off, and you're going to help me work through that. You, you can perceive that I'm off, and that I'm looking at you with a vacant stare rather than a, uh, 
uh, engaged there. Well, if you would become a client, yeah. I would start using conversations. That's going to be our next podcast is we're going to record <laughs> Gita and Brad's training session for my, my public speaking, my podcast presence and all these things. But this is so fascinating. Like, uh, I, I guess I can reference times where I've picked up on people where I felt there was something goofy, mm-hmm. whether they're being overly overusing the eye contact and the intensity to the extent they're, they're expressing their interest in what I'm having to say, but it's over the top and I, I, I shrivel up. I do the, the folded arms and the hunched shoulders because I'm like intimidated or something, something's off. And then you can tell when people are, they're getting bored, even though they're looking at you and they're doing all these uh, optimal body communication modes, but just something's not happening. Yeah, they're, they're probably doing the body language thing. The body language thing. <laughs> They're probably uh, thinking I've been Putting told. my hand on my chin <laughs> indicates increased interest, etc. But I think if you could crack this code, then you then you'd be at the the top of the uh, uh, the the online dating world and and dispensing advice to people because, wow, I mean, there's something there's something missing. There's something off. We complain about the millennials a lot on this note where they don't have that interpersonal communication skill because mostly they're doing digital. But yeah, let's let's figure this thing out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's never true for everyone, right? There's always uh, millennials that are going to be amazing at what they do, and and in any age group, uh, no matter where we are. But we can see a tendency, and yes, we do see a tendency, or I see a tendency, just as you named it, among millennials, that the communication is happening in terms of words. But it's not happening always in terms of like really being with each other. Mm-hmm. We we used to have many more opportunities to bring our whole selves to the communication because we would meet people in cafes on on the street or we would live in communities where it would happen. And of course, even there, there have always been people that were at ease with communication mm-hmm. and others that weren't at ease with the communication. That's that's a given. That's normal. Yeah, we're not all on the same page, and even there, probably a, a communication coach like myself could have helped the ones that would be more intimidated if they wanted to make a change. Well, the, the first step is always to wanting to make a change, and, mm. and when we speak with millennials that are happy with where they're at and they don't <laughs> want to make a change, why would you want to coach? It's not. It's not important. But if you do want to make a change if you really want to get better at or feeling more comfortable in your communication or if you do want to go out and speak in public then it's really helpful to look at where are you at right now what is it that you're doing what are you displaying what are you they often they're not even aware of what they are feeling they may not feel that they're all that uncomfortable they may go like oh i'm actually a really confident girl or really Mm. confident guy but but then they're then they get the feedback. They see what what else is possible, mm. and how much better can I feel, and how much better can I communicate. And it's not based on what they read in terms mm. of body language, like oh, you're supposed to look at somebody mm. all the time, um, <laughs> because you can stare as well as you just pointed it out. Yeah, you can you can stare at people and not really be there. It's like this dead stare or this uh-huh. trained stare. Yeah. When you trained stare, it's a train. Was right. like how you're supposed to look. Right. You're supposed to make eye contact, but there are many different ways of eye contact. Even looking at you right now, I can do a very different kind of eye contact. And if I'm not behind it, if I'm not feeling myself behind yeah. it, or being like having some kind of confidence that it's okay yeah. to look at you, I'm going to look at you from a very different place. Are you are you familiar with a 
a cold eye and a warm eye have you ever heard of somebody saying well that that person um looks at me in a really cold way or yeah. if, um we in german we say that if if a if a wenn blicke töten können if a, an eye connection um or a certain way of looking at their eyes could kill that person would kill me right now oh so it, it's you you can warm somebody up with the way that you look or you can also cool cool someone down right and um being able to be aware of what it is that you do like first becoming conscious of how are you actually showing up you may think one thing mm. and and a whole different pattern is showing up we are patterned we are patterned through our family we're patterned through our parents we're patterned through our um, society that we live in through our upbringing through the the age that we live through, I mean, the the years, uh, if we are millennials mm -hmm. or um, whatever age group we belong to, we are patterned. And we are patterned by our own inner beliefs as well. And if we want to come across in a certain way or if we want to better ourselves, we, we better learn what our patterns are. And then the second step is we better learn what's possible. Mm. Uh, what is possible? We don't even know what's possible if we don't know that it exists. It seems like the uh, the time when we're least aware of the patterns is when we're under pressure or when we most need them, such as, yeah, we've been texting back and forth. It sounds like I got a, a, a good prospect here on the dating scene. And then you go to meet and that's when you freeze up and then you're driving home going, wow, I really screwed that up. It seemed like there was no connection there. Uh, maybe it was because I didn't say anything. Uh, but that's when, you, when you're time to bring your A game or when you give your public presentation and you go revert into all these patterns when mm -hmm. we, we need to break free when it's the most difficult to break free. Uh, yes, exactly. You, you're bringing it to a really good point. Um, you're very observant, Brad. Why, uh, thank you. <laughs> I wanted to share um, with regards to that also that what part of speaking coaching is talking about speaking coaching now pace coaching is not just within speaking it's communication and lifestyle as we know but when we are um, in a pressure situation whether we are looking for a new job and we need to be on our game and we have our interview or when we are speaking in public what we need to learn is to be more of who we already are and and that's mm -hmm very easy to understand in our mind but it's it's a huge game to learn mm. we may be amazing when we are with friends when we are at a party and feeling free and mm. open and we may be mm. like all the things that we want to be when we have that interview or when we have that um that conference mm. showing up but then when we are in the on pressure situation we lose who we really are It, 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 it just drops, it goes into the back end. Now, how do we bring that forward again? How can we be who we really are in the pressure, pressure situations? Wow. That's what the coaching is about. I, needed, I needed you in high school, I'm, I'm sorry to say, because like in high school, I was the class clown and I was so funny and I knew it. I started at an early age popping off these one-liners and every, I would crack up the whole room. And, you know, I, I was so comfortable in the class because I knew that the teacher was going to discipline me and maybe even send me out of the room if I had another follow-up joke to the joke that they didn't, the teacher didn't like and disrupted the class. But it was, you know, that was, that was when I was at my best. And then if I'm at a crazy party where people are drinking beer and the music's loud, I can't even bring myself to speak to the person I sit next to in class that couldn't stop laughing because I was such a such a funny guy in the in the <laughs> chemistry class. 
Interesting. Different situations bring so, out different parts of who we are. Yeah. And learning about those different parts of who we are and, and becoming really conscious of them and then being able to apply that part that we want to see in a different situation, that's that's the goal that we have, right? Gita, that's a good close right there. It was a fascinating conversation. We also teed ourselves up for a follow-up podcast. We did. Gita, Gita coaching Brad live from, uh, live from uh, uh, Marin County, California. Thank you so much for sharing. How can we find out more about your, you're open for coaching services right now? Absolutely, yeah. We also expanded your business model a little bit because it seems like this would apply beautifully to the dating scene where you can prep someone to be more of who they really are when they when they go out there and engage in yes. that manner. Yes, I am. So Pace coaching is available for those that are in the dating scene. Um, and you can find out more about me under my name, gitasivander.com. Also for companies, I have a specialty mm. website called thespeakerboutique.com. So those are the two sites. You find me on LinkedIn. Just look me up under my name, Gita Sivander, and you find me on Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Gita. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, I am looking forward to our next connection here. Have a great day. Hey, do you want to hear an advertisement? If I sing it, would that be a little more palatable? I know that we sometimes get annoyed listening to ads on podcasts. Go ahead and hit the plus 15 or the plus 30 second button if you don't want to hear this. But I've also been exposed to some cool products and services when I listen to ads on certain podcasts. So once in a while, or more than that, I'm going to talk about stuff that I really use and enjoy and completely support. No BS. I absolutely promise that to you. And here's one thing I'd like to talk about which are the awesome online multimedia educational courses that I created and host at Primal Blueprint. You can learn all about them, primalblueprint.com, and click on the Courses button, especially the brand new 21-Day Primal Reset. And this is kind of our entry point into turning around your diet and your lifestyle, getting healthy escaping from the disastrous condition of carbohydrate dependency that plagues us in modern life and becoming fat adapted, but you're led step by step with a series of videos every single day with objectives for 21 days to clean up your diet, ditch those bad foods, those grains, sugars, and refined vegetable oils, get your exercise programmed optimized, and believe me, it's not that difficult. It doesn't take that much time. A five-minute workout can deliver awesome benefits. And I'll also take you through all the complimentary lifestyle practices, like getting your sleep habits dialed in. It's a lot of fun. I guide you every step of the way with great video content. That's just one of the courses. We also have the one for endurance athletes, all about the world's leading experts and everything from the Primal Endurance book brought to life. And of course, the Keto Reset, the New York Times bestselling book about going keto if you've already built some momentum with a low-carb diet. Just go over there and check it out. And because you're listening to this ad, I'm going to give you a super duper top secret 20% discount off of your enrollment on any of those courses. And that is the code BRAD20. Tell your friends, go for it. Make some changes in life. Do it the right way with complete guidance from me. 
If you're sick of my voice from the podcast, maybe it's time to switch over to video. But please go over to primalblueprint.com and check out the courses link of the great educational opportunities we have. Thank you for listening to this lengthy ad, and I appreciate you listening to the show too. Hi, Brad Kearns, co-author of the New York Times bestselling Keto Reset Diet. And guess what? We have a fabulous, comprehensive, online, multimedia mastery course to help you go keto the right way. Mark Sisson and I, working on this book project, digital course, we are so happy because we realize that the hype and the popularity, the exploding popularity of keto comes with it a lot of misinformation and ill-advised approaches where people jump into this not knowing anything, not preparing properly, and struggle and suffer or have a brief short-term success, floating on stress hormones because of the extreme dietary transition without proper preparation, and then they crash and burn and go back to regular life or say, yeah, I don't think it's good for women or it's not good for athletes. So let's do something right for once when you're talking about a dietary transformation, put the hype aside, get educated properly, and have a total immersive experience where we guide you with all the tips and information and education that you need to not only do it the right way, but know why you're doing it the right way. Our multi-stage approach is what distinguishes the Keto Reset from the Hype Shortcut programs. So first you undergo a 21-day metabolism reset, where you ditch those terrible foods that are prevalent in the modern diet, the grains, sugars, refined vegetable oils, and you transition over to the ancestral-style foods that are colorful and nutrient-dense and not going to spike your glucose and cause an insulin rush and keep you in that carbohydrate dependency pattern, which is no fun and also will promote disease and aging. So we do the reset. Then we have a fine-tuning period where we engage in fasting, always comfortable, always just seeing where your body is rather than forcing things to happen. So you do some fasting. You get good at metabolic flexibility. That means that you're good at burning stored energy like fat, like ketones when you need them. And then finally, you go into a focused period of nutritional ketosis that lasts for a minimum of six weeks to get the maximum metabolic benefit, these benefits that you can enjoy the rest of your life. So when you go to ketoreset.com, K-E-T-O-R-E-S-E-T.com, you can learn about the books and the cookbooks and then get a little test drive through the course with some video explanation. I think you'll really appreciate it if you're interested interested in keto. So check it out. And guess what? Since you're listening to me talk about this so patiently, I'm going to give you 20% off your course enrollment. Just use the code BRAD2020, BRAD20, when you check out, and that'll knock 20% off your enrollment fee. Ketoreset.com.